This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Relevant Life Church. It has been a while since I've been up here preaching, and so I don't even know if I remember how to do it or not, uh, but I'm excited to be able to step back in with a brand new series this morning. I know that there are a lot gone. There's a lot online as well, uh, but we're thankful that you're here. And can I tell you this? Thank you for showing up when you're not on vacation, but when you're on vacation, would you go relax? We release you to do that. We want. We believe in refreshing. We believe in that the, the, the spirit-purposed activity of just letting yourself go to a place of relaxation. I want to remind you, though, that as you go on vacation, never take vacation from God, right? He's always present. It doesn't mean that we can go and disconnect from Him. It means that you stay connected to Him, right? You're, just staying, you're disconnecting from a normal pattern of life. I want to remind you real quickly about our family fun day next Sunday. It's going to be a blast. We're going to be outside. Bring your sunscreen. I don't want to give away any detail, but I will guarantee this. You want to be present because we have an amazing giveaway that you do not want to miss, and there's going to be a lottery ticket to be able to get that. And so, uh, it, you know, if you're dishonest, you can try and connive and steal as many as you want or whatever. I don't know. But Allie is going to be over that and she will like regulate. She knows. She's all knowing. She's almost like God. All right. She's all knowing. Uh, Anyway, no, uh, but it's going to be a good time and you're going to, you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to be outside. We're going to have kind of a group, group uh, devotion, group setting of how we are going to interact with the concept of, of the 4th of July and basically the topic of freedom. Everyone say freedom. How many are thankful for freedom? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's going to be that. We're going to have kid, kids' activities and some amazing food, and uh, so you don't want to miss that. I also want to draw your attention. How many received an amazing email from Pastor Kevin this week? If you didn't, go check your email because it's there. It's an amazing email. That it, it's a love letter to you from me. Uh, actually, it's, a, it's an email making an appeal. Uh, we're at our normal season of the year, actually a month earlier than, than we have had in the past, where our finances um, are short in the year. And so my appeal to you as a pastor is to come and go, hey, if you're part of Relevant Life Church, would you, would you, if you haven't begun to tithe, would you begin to tithe? Uh, we believe in the concept of tithing through Scripture where God tells us to give 10%. All of it's his. He gives us 90 and he says, I want 10 of it. And so if you would help us do that, as well as if you would be faithful, maybe you are a tither, but you haven't been faithful for the last couple months. Uh, We are at a deficit at this point uh, due to lack of giving in that sense. And so we desperately would need that as well as I made an appeal to go, hey, how many of you would commit for a year-long period of time to give extra in your giving. Uh, I believe this, that in, in, in a, and everyone kind of can come back and go, well, it's, the ec- economy is failing. Can I tell you, God's economy never fails. And the only way that we can step into God's never failing economy is by doing God, doing things God's way right? So uh, I can tell you that tithing is God's way. Tithing is honoring God. And if you want to set up yourself for success, that you will, that you will uh, endure the economy that, ever, that people are foretelling, can I tell you that God will be faithful if you will be faithful? Amen. Do you believe that? So I just want to challenge you in that, as well as our South HVAC. We're still about halfway. I need another halfway to get there. It's already installed. And let me tell you, I am ecstatic that it's installed. Otherwise, we would be sweating at South Campus this morning uh, in our second service. But thank you so much for your faithfulness. I say all that, uh, you know, to, to do this little 
update, this message that's important to me as a pastor, not just because I care about the finances of the church, but can I tell you as the shepherd of this flock, I care about you. And so, you know, sometimes you, you, do, you instruct your children to do things that aren't always fun, but you do it because you love your children, correct? And so I do it because I love you. I love you and I want God's blessing on your life. And God has, God has contingencies on how he pours out his blessing. And so it's called obedience. And so I just want to bring you to that place. Today, as we uh, ta- start our brand new series, it's called Emotions. Everyone say emotions. Uh, and I just talked about money and that arouses a lot of emotion, right? Some of you are like out there going, I hate him. (laughs) Some of you are like angry. Some of you are like shame-filled and filled with guilt. Some of you are like, yes, I love to give. Can I tell you, that's what God wants us to do, right? But emotions, we come to this place. And so the title of my message, Spirit Guided, uh, Spirit Guided or Emotionally Driven. Everyone say that with me, Spirit Guided or Emotionally Driven. Uh, We're going to unpack this this morning as we start this brand new series of emotions. It's going to take us five weeks to the end of July. Uh, But today is kind of just the foundation of them. I want to, how many of you in this room, you have to participate. How many of you in this room are humans? I'm glad that all of you, most all of you recognize that you're a human. Can I tell you today that if you are a human, you have emotions Everyone in this room has emotions, whether you like those emotions or you don't like those emotions, whether you deal with those emotions correctly or you deal with those emotions incorrectly. This journey that we're going to take is, is, is something that I think that we need to address in ourselves um, because emotions don't just impact us, they impact our relationships. How many have discovered that? Emotions don't just impact our relationships, they impact, impact our culture. And so it's this very broad perspective that we think, well, just my little emotions have a, have a ripple effect. And so we want us to be aware of those. Uh, what one word would describe your current emotion? Don't answer out loud, but just be thinking. What, what, what one word would describe your current emotion? Maybe, maybe you're someone that, is, uh, that naturally represses emotion, so you'd be kind of, we would classify as a numb. You're, you feel numb. Maybe you are here today and you feel angry because you were driving across town and someone cut you off. Or um, maybe you feel afraid. Maybe there's an anxiety that is in your, that's welling up within your heart. Maybe you feel a little bit in, irritated. Maybe you feel unsettled. Maybe today you're just like going, no, I am stoked. I get to be at church today. I'm joyful. But everyone experiences emotion. We'll experience a plethora of emotions throughout the day, throughout the hours. We can go from one emotion to the next emotion within a matter of moments. How many have discovered that about yourself? Circumstances and perspective play a large part in our emotional climate and what we uh, carry, how we carry ourselves into situations. Emotions are essential to our existence. Emotions are evident in, in our voice inflection, in our facial expression, in our moods, our demeanor, and our perspectives. They're there. They're present. You may be blind to your mood, but I guarantee that someone around you is not blind to your mood. You may be uh, feeling like you're numb, but your numbness is actually giving off a forecast of what that is going to take place. Emotions are so recognized that humanity has developed what we're going to call emoticons. How many many text? How many texters do I have here? If you're a texter, how many use emojis or emoticons in your texting? You know, it's part of your communication. Uh, I'm probably uh, addicted to them. You know, it's like I'm always trying to 
how do you soften the words? How do you kind of make, I, I want them to know that I'm happy that I'm not mad, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. But today I want to give you just, a, this is not uh, facial emojis so much, but I want to give you a test today to go, how much do you understand uh, emojis, emoticons that we have here? So let's go through the beginning here. <laughs> Any guess? Huh? Well, what, what's, what's the country? Solve, solve, the, solve, the, solve the puzzle. Huh? Madagascar, whoever got it over here. Okay, there we go. You guys are a bit slow. You get it like mad gas car. Let's put it all together. Mad gas car. Madagascar, surprise. Right, okay, one more time. Next one. Raining cats and dogs. Okay, next one. Devil Wears Prada. I thought my wife would get that because that's her favorite movie. Okay. Go ahead. Butterfinger. How many love a Butterfinger? All right. Next one. Starbucks. This is a really bad symbol right here. I, I didn't have the power to change it. So, but Starbucks. Okay, go ahead. Mountain Dew. Wow. Give yourself a round of applause. If you got zero of those, how many will raise your hand? Okay. Well, we're going to educate you today. No. You got to get up to speed, peeps. All right? Seriously. Uh, no. Uh, how many of you in this room are feelers? Can be honest. That you're aware of your feelings. You can go to a movie and you can feel emotion in the middle of a movie. How many can have a conversation and you can feel emotion in that conversation, whether it's happy or sad or angry? How many can watch a news situation and feel emotion? How many can get on social media and feel emotion, right? So there's this thing called emotion that all of us have. There's these feelings that stir within us. They impact how we, how we behave. Emotions can impact our moods. Um, and positive emotions impact, bring positive results, but how many know just equally that negative emotions can bring the negative results? And many of us, we don't know, understand, we, we, we uh, don't uh, oftentimes even recognize in ourselves what it is that it's creating in us. So as we talked about an emotional climate, are you aware of your emotional climate? When you walk into a room, what is the climate that you bring? Are you rainy? Are you cloudy? Are you sunny? Are you a winter storm? Seriously, do, are we aware of how many, can, how many recognize that there are climates that come in with our emotions? And I think many times that we're not even aware of those. The thing that fascinates me about emotions is that Jesus himself was a feeler. Jesus himself was a man of emotions. We can look through the entire New Testament, through the Gospels, and we can see that Jesus was angry, that he was happy, that he was sad, that he grieved, that there was a, a disappointment there was responses to emotions. He felt emotions. He experienced all of the emotions that you and I encounter. The reality, though, is this, is that Jesus was perfect in his response to those emotions. And today, when we come, we can realize that what I want you to realize, take away from this message today, is that emotions are from God. But how you handle your emotions determines whether you're walking godly or fleshly. Talking about uh, spirit-guided or emotionally driven. 
spirit-guided or emotionally driven. Jesus Christ didn't ignore his own pain, and he doesn't ignore ours. As I was doing research this week, there were several different articles that talked about that Jesus had 39 different emotions. Many of us think that, no, there's just like five of them, or there's like 10 of them. The, the Jesus expressed 39 different emotions, and I'm not going to take time to go through all of them, but he showed grief, he showed anger, he showed joy, he showed sadness, he showed uh, discouragement and loneliness and agony. All of those things that you and I face in life, he experienced those things and actually showed us how to handle them, how to walk with them. If we don't acknowledge our feelings, we're missing out on this part of God's character in our life that shows us understanding and compassion, that shows us empathy. When we come to a place of going, no, God, I feel, he's not going, shame on you for feeling. He's going, how do I help you to feel? How do I help you to feel in a correct way? Emotions cause tension. They cause tension in us, and they cause tension in others. How many have noticed in your own life that emotions can cause tension in you? You feel things that are out of control. You feel things that you're like going, this is making me extremely uncomfortable. How many have discovered that sometimes other people's emotions cause tension in you? They create a a, a climate that you're having to go, is this my responsibility to deal with? Is this mine to manage or is this theirs to manage? When we talk about this idea of tension, uh, Andy Stanley has this profound statement that is this, a, is this a tension to manage or is this a tension to eliminate? I can tell you today that God never designed you to eliminate your emotions. Doctors, psychologists today to say if you are emotionless, say that you have mental deficiency. So it's not something that we step in and go, oh, I'm proud that I feel numb. I'm proud that I have no emotions. The medical field's going, no, there's something wrong with you if you don't have emotions. So it's not like we can come and eliminate emotions out of our lives to go, no, this is a tension that I just don't want to eliminate. No, this is a tension that God hasn't given us power and instructed us on how to manage. Everyone say, manage my emotions. Jesus shows empathy to others. All of the emotions and all of the situations that he walked in produced emotions in people, and he showed empathy. The question I ask for you today, are you someone that can show empathy to others? Not just in your own little world where you want someone to show empathy to you, but are you able to show empathy to someone else's emotion? Jesus cared deeply about what others were feeling. Do you care deeply about what others are feeling? Jesus stopped what he was doing to encourage faith. Are you willing to stop when someone is having an emotional situation and minister encouragement in life? Can I tell you today, when we talk about emotions, it's not just for you to manage yours. It's for you to assist in others to manage theirs. This is an empathy that Jesus knew how to manage his emotions, but he also came into a situation to go, how do I manage your emotions? How do I help you manage your emotions? It was believed that there are eight basic emotions to humanity. Uh, aren't I cute? These are my little, I'm a little carried away. Uh, but the eight basic emotions that, that all of us are going to have in our lives, the first one is joy. Uh, the second one is fear, sadness, anger. I don't swear, just by the way, just so you're aware. Uh, trust, surprise, disgust, anticipation. These eight basic emotions that are in all of our lives. Can anybody remember the last time you felt some of these? Maybe this morning, maybe yesterday, maybe many of them yesterday. 
what, whatever. Can I, how, how many are honest enough to know you to say, I've, I've felt these basic emotions? I have one honest person here. Thank you. You're not human. No. Uh, 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 what, I forgot his name. Robert, Robert Plutchik in 1980, 1980 created an emotional wheel that we want to look at. And I want you just to be able to see here uh, the, the massive amount of emotions that we as huma- humans experience. If you look to the second ring where it says sadness, surprise, fear, trust, all those around that, those are, those are the core emotions. Those are the core emotions that all of us are going to encounter in one way or another. When you go into the inside of the circle, that's to the extreme, where you're going to take anger and it's going to turn into rage. You're going to take joy and it's going to turn into ecstasy. You're going to take amazement and it's going to turn, or uh, surprise, and it's going to turn into amazement. These emotions that we all can feel, these emotions that we all can encounter, if you take it a ring out from the, the, cent, the, the central part there, it's going to be the emotion as it gets a little bit more away from you, that you're, you don't feel it as intensely. And so trust is going to turn into acceptance. Anticipation is going to turn into an interest. Uh, disgust is going to turn into a boredom. So as we begin to think of all these things, but what's so amazing about emotions is that we can't just come back and go, oh, there's these eight emotions, and that's all I'm going to feel. Well, no, there's not even just, or it's, it's going to be the extremes that are the negative. It's going to, as we go out further, you can see in the little between the petals of how joy or how uh, joy and anticipation create optimism, how surprise and sadness can create disappointment, how anger and disgust can create contempt in our lives. And so all of these emotions that are there, there's, there, there's a, a, a scope and a sequence that we all can step in and go, no, I may not feel rage, but I might feel contempt. And the further that we get away from emotion, the less we feel it, the the closer we get to it, the more intense we feel it. And as we talk about this, realizing the concept that that emotions are part of our lives. They're part of our lives. uh, Doctors say today that emotions determine 80 to 90% of the choices that we make. 80 to 90% of the choice. You say, well, I'm not, an emotional, I'm not an emotional person. Well, I can tell you this. You are emotional. You just don't realize that you are. That your emotions, 80 to 90% of your decisions are based upon some feeling or some emotion that you are making. Your emotions can either drive your decisions or you can drive your emotions. This idea when we think about emotions is there's a term in our culture called emotional, emotional intelligence. How intelligent are you about your emotions? How intelligent are you about others' emotions? How well are you at managing your emotions? Managing emotions is one of the most important skills that a person can develop. When I think of Jesus in his life and Jesus in his ministry of being able to manage his emotions and to manage the, the climate of wherever he went, and how he, how he handled people. Emotional intelligence is this de- definition. The capacity. Everyone say the capacity. The ability to endure. The ability to, to, to handle. The, the capacity to be aware. To be aware of. To control. Or to express one's emotions. Can, most of us in this room are able to express emotion. But we're not really always able to control our emotion. When we talk about emotional intelligence, it's coming back to, it's not just being aware of, it's being able to control, and it's being able to express, being able to have a conversation to go, I feel this way without losing your cool. 
But all not only is emotional intelligence about you, emotional intelligence is about others. It also says that you're able to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. Many of us, we can come back and go, well, it's my emotions and I'm feeling this and I feel intensely and I care about me. And it's very difficult for us to step out of us and to step into empathy about someone else. I know that this can be one of those situations that could be highly uh, uh, volatile or even highly tense in a marriage and in a relationship. How many realize that in marriages or relationships, or whether it's with your teens or your kids or whatever, that there can be, you can recognize your emotions, but you don't always recognize their emotions. Emotional intelligence come to this place of saying how it's this capacity to be aware of, this capacity to handle your emotions as well as take into scope and sequence their emotions. Paul wrote many, many, over a thousand years ago in Romans chapter seven, Romans chapter seven, he says this, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I, want, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law and it all, with all my heart. But there is this other power within me that is at war within my mind. Can I tell you today, I believe Paul is not describing, just describing sin in his life. I believe that Paul is describing his emotional constipation in life. And I believe that all of us can face this exact same thing. That I'm going, why am I feeling this way? I don't want to feel this way. And we are torn from one to another in the middle of of areas of our life. Dr. T.P. Chia says this, we all live at the mercy of our emotions Our emotions influence and our emotions shape our desires, our thoughts, and our behaviors, and above all, our destiny. When we think about our emotions, they're influencing every decision that we're making. They're influencing our relationships. They're influencing our occupations. They're influencing how we relate to God, depending on the mood that we're in and how we are going to respond to him in his word. And eventually, they end up shaping our destiny. Many of you can come and go, well, I know what emotions are, but let me just give you a definition so that we are all on the same page. An emotion is a mental, a conscious mental reaction. A conscious mental reaction. A strong feeling that arises spontaneously. Anybody have those emotions that arise spontaneously, whether it's joy, someone cuts you off in traffic and you're like, ah. What's amazing to me is this, when we talk about emotions, they're typically accompanied by a physiological and behavior change in the body. If you feel joy, your physiological behavior is going to be different. If you feel anger, your body is going to accommodate that. Our emotions, as we experience these emotions, our physiological aspect of our lives all adjusts and shifts. To feel is to be human. To feel is to realize that we are created in God's image. Now, our goal, our desire, our our challenge is to steward and manage our emotions. Someone said that emotions are like waves. You cannot stop them from coming, but you can decide which ones to serve. 
Can I tell you today, that's what we want to do is we want to empower you through the series to go, no, emotions are all right. Emotions are things that we can feel. Emotions are things that we need to embrace. But how do we steward these emotions? How do we manage these emotions? Galatians chapter 5 or 16 says this, but I walk by the Spirit, or excuse me, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Everyone say walk by the Spirit. Spirit-guided. Spirit-guided or emotionally driven. When we think about walking by the Spirit, what does that look like? And how does that, how does that take shape in our lives? Can I tell you today that this supernatural being, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the, the Trinity aspect of, 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 God, of the Godhead, when he came upon mankind in the book of Acts, and we see that the Holy Spirit fell. We saw disciples that were one way before the Holy Spirit came. And they changed dramatically after the Holy Spirit was present. Right? Can I tell you today that there's power in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit wants to be present in our lives, that we come and go, Holy Spirit, would you guide me? Holy Spirit, would you usher me into life and health and help me to be emotionally balanced? Spirit-guided people live in freedom, but emotionally driven people live in chaos. Spirit-guided people live in freedom, but emotionally driven people live in chaos. Do you ever feel like your life is a little bit chaotic? Do you ever feel like relationships are a bit chaotic? Can I tell you that sometimes in my life, life seems a bit chaotic, and it's not because someone else is making chaos in my life. It's because I'm allowing my emotions to create chaos in my life. John chapter 16 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus promised that before the Holy Spirit would show up that he's going to guide us. The Holy Spirit is present here this morning. The Holy Spirit is present in our lives today, and he's here to guide us. Say, he's here to guide me. He's here to guide me. Today, I want to talk about this importance of, if you want to turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 9, we're going to kind of skip around in there, 12 to 14, follow along on the screen. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled, everyone say controlled. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Leads to chaos, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and to peace. How many would like some peace and some life? For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. Say, I'm controlled by the spirit. Today we come and we are, whether you are, have the evidence of speaking in tongues, which we believe in the assemblies of God is a real thing, or whether you believe the Holy Spirit is present in your life and the fact that he is there to convict of sin. You are, the Holy Spirit is in your life and you can give control to him. That's why we, talk, we sang this morning going, be the king of my heart, be the Lord of my life. We've got to come and we've got to recognize this very fact that if you are controlled by the Spirit, it's evidence that the Spirit of God is living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligations to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You have no obligation this morning to do as your emotions urge you to do. You have no obligation today to surrender to the thought and emotion of anger and frustration 
For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are called children of God. What I want you to realize today that it's not enough to have the Spirit of God in your life. It's the Spirit must have us. He must have control of our lives. Many times we come and we go, God, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. And he's like going, thank you for surrendering to me, but when are you going to take control back from me? The goal of the Holy Spirit is not that you just have him in your life, is that he has you. That he dictates your life, that he runs your life, that he controls your life, that he brings conviction in your life. Today I want to give you four really simple points on how to live spirit-guided in your emotions. How many, how many say, I need to be spirit-guided? Okay, how to, how to live spirit-guided in your emotions. Number one, we need to recognize. I'm going to say recognize. Recognize that our emotions are from God and have a purpose. Today, we can come and we can look at this situation. We can get angry at our emotions. We can get angry at the way we feel. We can get angry at the way that we respond. Why is this doing this in my life? And rather than realizing, thinking that it's just all fleshly, we need to come back and go, no, God created us with emotions. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that we were made in the image of God, which includes our emotions. We have emotions. Why? Because God has emotions. God created us in his image. God created us to feel emotions. I was created with emotion just like you were created with emotion. God designed us that way. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God created man in his own image. And it says, the image of, in the image of God, God created him, male and female, he created them. I could get on a rabbit trail here, but I'm just going to say God created male and female, not for us to recreate. God designed before you were born what you were to be. And in our culture, they can try to play God, but let me tell you, they're not very good at it. They're bringing a lot of destruction this idea of the image of God means that we are created in his likeness, in similarity to him. It doesn't mean that we all look like God in our physical characteristics. There's general characteristics. He goes, no, there's similarities and there's likenesses. Just like I feel, you're going to feel. Just like I have emotions, you're going to have emotions. Just like I walk in relationship, I want you to walk in relationship. God has given each of us a deep capacity to feel. Can I tell you that God's word is filled, that he's moved with compassion towards us? That's a feeling. What is it that caused him to send his son to die on the cross for you and me? Love, emotion. I created them. I designed them. He was moved with emotion to sacrifice his son, to deny an emotion of, 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 of sorrow, of grief, because he loved us. Emotions affect more than we realize. Emotions are very powerful. Emotions help us, number one, to avoid danger. So we think about the, the purpose of emotions. Emo emotions help us to avoid danger. It's called the fight or flight mechanism. Can I tell you, if a tiger is chasing you, you want to feel emotion. Correct? Oh, no, I'm just numb. Well, you're going to be dessert or lunch. Avoiding danger is this... This emotion of fear, of, of, of uh, uh, concern or alarm. Not only do emotions help us avoid dangers, emotions help us to make decisions. 
As we talked about that 60 to 80% of decision-making is done as an emotional response, whether you like it or you dislike it. There's an influence and an impact on how we behave. Emotions help us be understood by others. Today, many of us want to shelter in with our emotions. Many of us don't want to share our emotions. Can I tell you that your emotions help us understand you? Your emotions help me understand, or my emotions help you understand me. It's, the, it's called relationship. Now, how many, have, how many have ever been in a relationship where your emotions have been out of control and you've expressed them in ways that you shouldn't have expressed them? Can I tell you, that's that, far, that's that far way over here, but God's going, no, emotions are healthy. For me to understand you, for you to understand me, we've got to be able to share our emotions. There's a purpose in our emotions. God shares emotions with us so we can understand him. If he was not expressive in, God's, in his word to tell us what he was angry about, we would not know what he would be angry about. If, we were not, if he was not expressive about what he loves, that he loves people, we would not understand what our boundary is in loving people. Emotions have a purpose. Number two, not only do we need to realize that, that uh, recognize that emotions come from God, but, emo- but also that we need to identify that emotion. We need to ask ourselves, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? I realize as being a pastor that many times people don't even know what they're feeling. Let's go to the, the slide that you already saw here of the, the wheel. Can I tell you, I believe that this would be a tool to you if you need to like snapshot it on your phone going into the Bible app or whatever so that you can actually go, what am I feeling? Many times we don't take time. You're going, how spiritual is this? Can I tell you, many times we don't take time to even discover what we're feeling. How many have ever been in a situation and you know you're feeling something and then you have this outburst or you have, have behavior patterns that you're going, this is not healthy. This is not right. What's, what's going on? Why am I doing this? Can I tell you, we're going back to Romans chapter 8 or Romans chapter 6 where Paul is going, I do what I don't want to do. Many times we do what we don't want to do because we're not recognizing that it's anger that I'm feeling that's creating insecurity in me. We're not recognizing that there is a, a sense of, of, uh, of admiration, and so therefore it's, it turns into codependence, right? These, all of these emotions can have extremes in our lives, and so if we don't come to a place of identifying, we're going to miss out on what God has for us. Neurologists have found that the, that the physiological lifespan of an emotion in the body and in the brain is 90 seconds. So I want you to think about it. You feel anger, that physiological impact on your body and on your brain is going to be reabsorbed into your body back within a minute and a half. You say, well, Pastor Kevin, what if I feel anger for two hours? What if I feel anger for three days? Psychologists say today that if you are feeling anger, if you're feeling hurt, if you're feeling whatever it is, your emotion after 90 seconds, it's because you're refeeding that emotion. You're over-entertaining that emotion. You're coming back and going, no, anger can happen in a moment. And how are you processing that? What happens in our lives, why we have, uh, why, why we have these, these, these peaks in our life, why we have these areas of where damage takes place is we either are really quick in response or else we refeed it, which creates resentment in us. I think of two passages of Scripture that really challenges me. James chapter 1. 
He says, know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. Everyone say quick. Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I want to challenge you in this very fact right here, not just anger. But can I tell you that we need to be quick to hear. We need to be slow to speak. And we need to be, or I mean, yeah, slow to speak. But we need to be slow to whatever emotion that's there. We need to process and step back and go, okay, I need to at least wait for 90 seconds. If I'm feeling angry, I need to close my mouth and not respond for 90 seconds. I need to allow the emotion to die back rather than just, blah. Anybody outburst people? You feel it and you say it? Anybody out there? Someone make me feel good. I got, whew, I got, I got some, some people out there that are as sinful as I am. No, seriously, we need to come back and go, no, I need, to, I need to be quick to listen. I need to be slow to speak. I need to consider what this emotion, where is this emotion rooted from? Why am I feeling it? Can I tell you that, that if, you, if, if, if you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in a relationship, if you would just pause, this would solve a lot of problems in your life. Amen, Pastor Kevin? First Peter chapter 5 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Be sober-minded means be alert, be aware. Why? Because the adversary, the devil, prowls around. He's trying, to, he's trying to get you riled. You're saying, well, no, it's not the devil, it's this person. Can I tell you that the enemy is allowing that person to step on your air hose? The enemy is trying to stir something in you, and you can either come back and go, I'm going to be spirit-guided, or I'm going to be emotionally driven. I can come back and go, no, I'm going to control what I'm going to say. I'm going to control my emotions, or I'm going to blow this whole world out of, off the map with what I have to say. Point number three is that we need to investigate our emotion, not just identify it. We need to investigate it. Today, a big concept in our culture is self-awareness. Being self-aware. How many know that self-awareness is important? Many times we're, we're not even others aware. We're, sometimes we can be so negatively self-aware. But there's a place of self-awareness where we self-evaluate, where we understand our emotions and understand why we're feeling this way. But can I tell you as believers today, a power that's greater than self-awareness is God-awareness. Is allowing your life to be under the inspection of the Holy Spirit. Spirit-guided. Psalms 120, 139, verse 23, I love this in the message. It says, investigate my life. If you're trying to go, well, what passage of Scripture is this? This is where, where Paul is coming back, and, or David's coming back and saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. I love the words that are here and that, that Eugene Peterson says. He says, investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. Can I tell you that God designed you? God created you? This is what's so amazing about emotions. That God designed me and created me that I can feel anger and fear and love and joy and all of these things. But if I allow my flesh to guide me, I'm going to be way over here. But if I allow the Holy Spirit to guide me, can I tell you there's going to be life and peace in my life? Investigate my life. Know everything about me. Reveal it to me. Show me. Holy Spirit self-awareness, Holy Spirit-guided self-awareness that we would step in to go, no, why am, I, why am I here? Questions that we need to ask ourselves is what caused this emotion? 
What caused this emotion? What was the situation? Was it something that your wife said, something your husband said, something your child did? What caused this emotion? Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? You're having to go back to the very root cause. Can I tell you that many times we don't want to come back and go, why am I feeling this way? We just feel justified by what we're feeling. Am I correct? You made me feel this way. I feel. And we need to understand what caused this emotion. Is it really what they said or is it something with inside of you? Why am I feeling this way? Is it because I feel hurt? Is it because I feel misunderstood? Do I feel prideful? Do I feel taken advantage of? Why is this emotion rising up within me? Can I tell you today that you are responsible for your response? The other person's not responsible for your response. As much as we want to blame it on someone else to go, well, you make me feel this way. No, you've just given them way, uh, way too much influence in your life to make you feel that way. Has my perspective been hijacked by, by my emotion? How many know that perspective shifts emotion? Perspective dictates emotion. That's why God created us with this ability to have a rational, a rational brain and an emotional brain at the same time. He created us with rationale. But how many know that in our humanity we can be irrational? And we can view things from an irrational perspective and therefore we react in irrational ways. And lastly, in investigating, is what does God's word say about this emotion? Can I tell you, God's word is filled with scriptures on emotion. And I challenge you, this has been a, a topic that has been uncomfortable for me even as I prepared this week because I come back and go, no, I know I am a feeler. I know I'm an emotional person. I can, you see my feels. I'm expressive in my feels. But can I tell you in that process, there's times I feed the wrong feelings. I feed the wrong emotions, which robs me of peace, which robs me of um, uh, mental energy. Anybody get tired of the mental energy that you waste swirling about topics? Last point this morning. We're responsible to guide the emotion. Everyone say guide. Guide the emotion. This idea of guide is a navigation through to a destination. Everyone say through. When we talk about a guide, they're not there to bypass a circumstance. When you go and you hire a guide to take you on a tour through someplace, they're going to guide you through a historical area, area so that you understand that area. They're not going, oh, well, thanks for hiring me. I'm now going to take you on this detour that's got really boring streets. There's nothing exciting. We're going to walk by the subway and the McDonald's. No, we hire a guide. We employ a guide in our life to take us through so that we have an encounter, so that we have an experience, so that we learn from. The Holy Spirit is our guide, this one that navigates us through to a destination to direct us or to have an influence on the course of our action. I'll tell you this, as a human being today, you are the worst guide in your life. You need to fire yourself. And if you're trying to guide your own life and you're failing and you're trying to guide someone else's life, you need to double fire yourself. 
Because I can tell you this, in our humanity, we can come and we go, no, I have the answers. I can tell you this, I don't want to follow someone that doesn't have their life together. That's not reliant on God. When I talk about guiding your emotions, this definition is surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit to direct or influence the course of action that our emotions take. I've already made it very obvious that if you're a human, you have emotions. If you have emotions, whether you recognize them or not, they're present. Your emotions are impacting you and your emotions are impacting others. So the importance of coming back and going, God, I need you to guide my emotions. I need you to take me through this unknown, unfamiliar territory. God, I don't understand it. I don't know how to get from point A to point Z, but God, you understand it. Holy Spirit, will you guide me through this emotion? John chapter 14 says this. Jesus said before he went to heaven, he says, and I, asked, I will ask my father and he will give you another helper and that, uh, to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. The verse right prior to this talks about the Holy Spirit, our, our paraclete. Everyone say paraclete. It's, Holy Spirit in, in Greek means paraclete. It's the, the word here is it, it translated this, that the Holy Spirit being a counselor, a helper, an advocate, an intercessor, a mediator, an encourager, a defender, and legal advisor. When we talk about the concept that Jesus is here saying, I will ask the Father and I will go and he will send you a helper. You will not be alone. You will not have to navigate and guide your own emotions, guide your own life. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the third entity of God is going to come and he's going to be present in your life and he's going to guide you through every circumstance. For us to understand this concept of a paraclete, an ancient warrior times when Greek soldiers entered into battle, they would stand back to back covering each other's blind spots. Their battle partner was called a paraclete. Can I tell you today that you go into battle with your emotions, you go into battle with life, the Holy Spirit has got your back. He wants you to be aware of that you're not just out there floundering. You're not just there going, oh, well, if I make it through. No, you have a guaranteed guide, someone that's going to help you. As we read in Romans chapter 8, it says you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature wants you to do. First step this morning is that we need to recognize that we're emotional beings. <laughs> recognize that we have emotions. We need to identify the emotion. We need to investigate the emotion. Then we need to come and go, God, I don't have to navigate. I don't have to do this the way that I feel like doing this. Holy Spirit, how do I need to do this? Holy Spirit, will you empower me to do this? A couple questions that I want to ask you as we get into this part of guided emotions, guiding your emotions, is if I let this emotion go, where will it take me? In that 90 seconds of span, when you're feeling the red face and the heat go up the back of your neck, or you're feeling the anger or the shame or the insecurity, that 90 seconds that is there, the question you need to ask yourself is, if I allow this emotion to run away with me, where am I going to end up? If I feed this after 90 seconds, if I give it another 90 seconds, if I don't just give it another 90 seconds, if I give it another hour, 
If I actually go to bed on my anger or go to bed on this emotion, how am I going to wake up in the morning? Where's the trajectory? Where am I going to end up? Can I tell you that if we would come to this place and allow the Holy Spirit to search us, when the emotion comes on to go, do I want to entertain this or do I not want to entertain this? Do I want to let this, let this round rampant in my life? Next question is, where do I need to end up? You know, when you go into a mall, when you used to go into a mall before COVID, I don't know if you people still go to malls. I don't know what, you know, but it's like you go in and you find the sign that says, you are here. You know what I'm talking about? You are here and you're looking for this store. You need to come in and go, you are here. How do I get from here to there? How do I get from this point? I believe wholeheartedly in this room that every person somewhere wants to honor God. We want to please God. We want to rightly handle our emotions. Am I correct? So you come in and go, okay, I, God, I'm here, and I need to be there. God, I don't know how to get from here to there. Holy Spirit, I can't get from here to there. Holy Spirit, I want to do this. Holy Spirit, I want to throw something. Holy Spirit, I want to scream. Holy Spirit, I want to, I want to hide. You invite him into the picture, and you say, Holy Spirit, how do I get from here to there? And then we need to come to a place of applying spiritual discipline to guide ourselves. Placing boundaries in our lives, placing scripture in our lives, placing accountability in our lives. Can I tell you the reason that many of us are off track in our emotions? is because we've not guided our emotions. Our emotions play off of our habits and our emotions play off of our thoughts. I'm 58 years old and I've given a lot of habitual patterns and emotions. And I have to be more quick to stop those. But can I tell you what I, what I, what I after studying this, I feel so empowered. How many feel a little bit empowered? To know you have 90 seconds. This emotion's gonna be there and you can either entertain it for longer or you can stop it. You can come to a place of going, I have emotions, I feel this way, but God, I don't wanna be here, I wanna be there. I can tell you this, as you develop those habits, you're gonna, try, you're gonna change quicker. Emotions come as a power of your, or as, a, as part of your thought patterns. Proverbs says in 23, seven, it says, as a man thinks in his heart. I'm gonna say, as a man feels, as a man has emotions, so is he. I guarantee that if you entertain anger in your life, it's no longer just gonna be an emotion, it's gonna become a character trait. If you entertain fear in your life, it's no longer just going to be an emotion. It's going to become a character trait. If you, infer, if you have the emotion of faith and confidence in God, it's also going to become a character trait. As I close this morning, God designed your emotions to be gauges. Everyone say gauges. A gauge in a vehicle, just go, I'm running out of gas. My engine's too, too hot. My tire is too low. Gauges. God designed your emotions to be gauges in your life, not guides. When you feel the emotion, when the gauge is going off in your life, when that little beep, 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 beep noise is going off in your life, it causes you to step back and go, okay, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel angry today? Why do I feel sad today? 
They're meant to report to you, not to dictate to you. One man said that emotions make a better servant than they do making a master, being a master. I want to ask you today, have you allowed your emotions to become your master? Do they master you? Are they mastering you in your circumstances and situations? Galatians chapter 5, we read part of it, and I want to read it to you again in context. In closing, it says, but I say, live by the Spirit, live guided, controlled by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the Spirit, and the Spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh, for these are in opposition to each other. You have a war going inside of you right now. So that you cannot do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, depravity, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish rivalries, dissensions, factions, envying, murder, drunkenness, carousing, and similar things. I'm warning you, as I have warned you before, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But I love how Paul finishes this. He says, but... Everyone say, but. But the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit that can be uh, cultivated in our lives is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everyone say self-control. Today, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, but primarily the self-control to come back and go, Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me. I'm going to control what I'm feeling, and I'm going to give you control. But Paul, answer, Paul ends this verse of Scripture, or this section of Scripture with one verse. He goes, against these fruits, against these, the, the, these evidences, there is no law. Coming back, there is no earthly regulation to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's nothing on this earth that has power over the Spirit of God in your life. Nothing. Can I tell you today that nothing can rob you of love but you? Nothing can rob you of joy but you. Nothing can rob you of self-control but you. And are you giving power to the enemy or to somebody else? And we need to come back and go, Holy Spirit, the fruit of you in my life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. God, I want to entertain those. God, I want to cultivate that. God, I want to be filled with those things. As I close this morning, if you would stand to your feet. Across this room, stand to your feet. Online, if you would respond. If you're here today as your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, we all recognize that we have emotions. And if you are here today, not as a sign unto me, but as a sign unto God, not as a sign unto the person that you're standing next to, but if you're here today and you say, I need my emotions to be guided by the Holy Spirit, would you just come and lift your, would you just lift your hands to heaven today? Lift your hands to heaven. God, as we come, we recognize that our emotions are sometimes guided by us, many times guided by us. Holy Spirit, we come and we confess. Would you do it in your own life? We confess our wrongness in how we handle our emotions. God, would you forgive us for the sins that we've committed with our emotions, whether they've been internal or external? 
And God, I thank you today that you're a God that forgives and restores. God, across this room, there are people that are calling out saying, I'm here. Holy Spirit, how do I get to there? Holy Spirit, you are our guide. You're our guide in life. You're our guide in our emotions. Holy Spirit, will you guide us? This morning, as you have your hands raised across this room, would you confess to him the emotion that you may be struggling with most in your life and say, Holy Spirit, would you get me from point A to point Z? God, today I thank you that you're a God that completely understands our emotions. None of these emotions are foreign to you. God, I love the fact that you created us in your image because that shows us that we also have the power to overcome just like you overcome. We have the power to walk in your image in our emotions. God, today I pray, God, this journey that we're taking over the next several weeks, God, would you guide us? Holy Spirit, would you guide us? Would you help us to get to the destination of freedom in you? And God, we thank you for it today. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Our prayer team is coming around the front to pray for you. We believe in the power of prayer. We've seen a lot of miracles taking place. And if you need prayer, would you come and let someone pray with you? There's power in agreement. There's power in someone just, just grabbing hold of you and you grabbing hold of them and, and touching heaven. We thank you for that. We want to remind you the next Sunday is our family fun day. If you, if you attend South Campus at all, we're not going to be there. Be here at 10 o'clock, and we're going to have a good time eating food and just having fun. God bless you. Have a good day. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.